We need to talk. The acclaimed Showtime original docuseries Couples Therapy returns with an addictive and revealing new season. Dr. Orna is back in session, helping four new couples grapple with real issues from religion and sex to polyamorous power dynamics. Collider says couples therapy is like nothing else on TV. It's break up or break through on the new season of Couples Therapy. Now streaming with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. Visit ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hey, Fidelity. How can I remember to invest every month? With the Fidelity app, you can choose a schedule and set up recurring investments in stocks and ETFs. Oh, that sounds easier than I thought. You got this. Yeah, I do. Now, where did I put my keys? You will find them where you left them. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE SIPC. Welcome to this week's episode of Here to Make Friends. We're going to do something a little bit different today before we get into the recap. Uh, Emma and I published a little recording on Monday night as the episode was about to air, and we're going to do a segment discussing what we reported, and it will include spoilers. Please be warned, there are spoilers. Spoiler alert. Skip ahead about 15 minutes uh, to get to the spoiler-free recap, um, and this ends your spoiler warning, so proceed with full knowledge of your risk. Um, let's dive in. Yeah, we were here to, again, as Claire said, discuss the news that we reported last night. Um, and here to chat through it with us is our fearless editor, Aaron Evans, who has really like been in the trenches on this with us. Welcome, Aaron. Thanks, y'all. Last night was so exciting. <laughs> it was it was exciting and many other things. Um, yes. And as many as many of you guys listening probably saw uh, last night, um, Matt James finally spoke out about all these controversies that have been taking over his season. The photos of Rachel Kirkconnell at an old South ball, her disturbing social media history, and then Chris Harrison's really offensive interview on uh, Extra with Rachel Lindsay, in which he defended Rachel uh, and ranted about the woke police. Um, so Matt James put out a statement on Instagram. It's hard to even recap what he's addressing because there's just so much fuckery. But Matt put out a statement on his social media. Um, and we're just going to read it for those who haven't seen it. The past few weeks have been some of the most challenging of my life. And while there are several episodes left of the season, it is important that I take the time to address the troubling information that has come to light since we wrapped filming, including the incredibly disappointing photos of Rachel Kirkconnell and the interview between Rachel Lindsay and Chris Harrison. The reality is that I'm learning about these situations in real time, and it has been devastating and heartbreaking, to put it bluntly. Chris's failure to receive and understand the emotional labor that my friend Rachel Lindsay was taking on by graciously and patiently explaining the racist history of the antebellum South, a painful history that every American should understand intimately, was troubling and painful to watch. As Black people and allies immediately knew and understood, it was a clear reflection of a much larger issue that the Bachelor franchise has fallen short in addressing adequately for years. This moment has sparked critical conversations and reporting, raised important questions, and resulted in inspiring displays of solidarity. 
from The Bachelor Nation. It has also pushed me to reevaluate and process what my experience on The Bachelor represents, not just for me, but for all of the contestants of color, especially the Black contestants of this season and seasons past, and for you, the viewers at home. I will continue to process this experience, and you will hear more from me in the end. My greatest prayer is that this is an inflection point that results in real and institutional change for the better. This is a pretty big deal. Like, this statement, I mean... In some ways, if you're not like super familiar with this show, you might be like, yeah, seems like a normal thing for someone to comment on. Um, But remember that Matt's under like a ton of contracts. He's still actively working with ABC um, through and, and WB through the end of this season. And he has largely kind of, you know, he's said a few small things, but like this is the most publicly and straightforwardly that he has criticized the show And not just the show in general terms, but like the failures of his season, the failures that he walked into. um, And he called for institutional structural change. What did you guys think about this statement? I was surprised by some of the hints that he gave that he was really questioning his whole Uh, time on the show in a really profound way before it's even finished airing. And I think that's quite unusual. Uh, You know, he says he's he's reevaluating what it represents. Um, He really basically says that learning about what Rachel Kirkconnell and Chris Harrison did um, was really devastating to him, Um, both kind of ways in which while still aligned with the show, he's still on contract, he's still the lead. He is not defending them, and he's saying, like, I'm not going to to be part of, um, you know, supporting their images through this. Um, Aaron, did anything stand out to you? I think a lot of people who don't watch the show don't really realize, like, this was an unprecedented type of statement to make and to really say, to name the problem uh, was a huge deal. Um, and, you know, I've only watched The Bachelorette with Rachel Lindsay and watching Bachelor with Matt James has been really eye-opening to all of the problems that happen on The Bachelor franchise. Um, and I can't imagine how they can even begin to rectify some of the issues that they have with handling a race, but it's clear that there's a lot of shit that needs to go down to say the least (laughs) yeah to put to put out a statement like this when you're still like still airing your season it it just shows how much has clearly gone wrong for matt as the lead and how much he's confronting that and feeling that right now and to that point you know in the piece that we published last night um we were also able to report that As Reality Steve has reported in the past, Matt does pick Rachel at the end of this season. And we were able to confirm that Matt has broken up with Rachel as a result of what came to light over the past couple of weeks. And, um, you know, so this is information that he didn't have on the season and that clearly was really important to him in making this decision. It was probably extremely, extremely painful to learn about. Right. We can say all we want about like, oh, all the women, other women are amazing. And like Matt has terrible taste, whatever. But like (laughs) the reality is that he connected with someone and liked them. And as we know on this show, like 
the real getting to know the person always kind of starts after the fact. Like, you're just, even when you get engaged, you're saying, like, I agree to start dating you in a more serious way now in the real world. And when they got into the real world, Matt had to process all of these, like, really devastating, painful, upsetting revelations about a person that he had obviously invested in, obviously been excited about. Like, why else would you want to continue a relationship with someone? And like, I guess I sort of want to give him him grace in that process to to borrow a Chris Harrisonism if we're talking about giving people grace. Um, but just leave space for this to have been like a painful thing that he had to go through. And I think that it is important that he said something and it's important that he reevaluated the decision that he made. Um, and I think what this ultimately speaks to even more than like whatever happened between Matt and Rachel is that this show as a structure put him in the position for this to happen to him. Um, and, you know, I, I felt that to a, a lesser extent with like Becca, who was, a lead that they knew, like, leaned liberal and, you know, held certain values to be important to her and then put Garrett, who had this terrible history of, like, liking transphobic and conspiracy theory and anti-feminist, like, memes. And it felt like, well, why the fuck did you put this this guy on to date her and put her in the position of, like, developing feelings and investing in someone? And this is, like, so much worse than that. Um, and also differs in the fact that instead of it taking, you know, several years for like as it took with Becca to come to the conclusion that their values really weren't aligned, like it took Matt a matter of weeks. And it's just I, I think he was put in a pretty impossible position. And that is what sort of speaks to how much needs to change if we're going to talk about this show being a place where people of color, especially Black people, can feel supported and at all safe being a part of it. I mean, imagine, like, he finds this information out about his partner at the end of the show. Um, And what happens next is that the show's host, who is supposed to be Matt's sort of guide on this journey, goes out and gives a sort of racist, (laughs) offensive interview defending Rachel and not really not really sticking up for his lead like sticking up for this white woman instead um and so on every level the show is sort of hanging Matt out to dry here um so it's not perhaps surprising (laughs) that he's feeling uh ready to publicly critique the way they've handled his whole season I can't imagine being a black person who may have had sights on wanting to be on The Bachelor or, or The Bachelorette as a contestant or as the lead um, after this. I mean, A, seeing the way Chris Harrison spoke and overspoke Rachel Lindsay in that extra interview and seeing how she's kind of had to carry the mantle and in, in talking about how the series deals with race and then Matt has his scenario where they just left him out to dry in this whole thing. And the structure of the whole thing just 
really collapsing on top of him and ended up not having a partner at the end of this. It's like, are we actually seeking to find these people love and, and, and support on television in a real way if, if this is how it all plays out? Like, I'm a single black woman. Like, I would never. Like, you're not about to make me look crazy out here <laughs> on television, national television. Absolutely not. Oh, I think that's such a good point. Like, this show purports to be about love. And of course, we know it's about money and it's about drama and it's about keeping the machine going. But at the core, they have always purported to be about love. And ultimately, I do think, you know, Roxanne Gay wrote about this in the New York Times um, a few years ago. And I always think about it that like shows like The Bachelor, like we get sucked into them despite perhaps our better impulses because they like hit those really soft parts of us. Like that is ultimately what like keeps you um, latched in is is seeing seeing a love story is like being able to like buy into that fantasy for a period of time. And um, just even on that very basic level, like this is a nightmare, not a fantasy. And um, Matt deserves better. Viewers deserve better. Like, I think that we're seeing the way that the show, one way that the show is not ready to, to grapple with, you know, showing black love stories is that, like they have this idea that love conquers difference, love conquers all. If a woman's willing to date, you know, and fall in love with the black man, then that is what she needs to bring to the table for this season. And that's not the reality of of how these relationships work, of interracial, um, the history of interracial relationships in this country. And, you know, a lot of violence can happen in those spaces. And uh, if you if you provide, you know, the opportunity for a white person with um, overtly racist uh, feelings to to date a black person um, on TV and what's supposed to be a fantasy, you're you're setting them up to to experience hatred and violence, and um, and also you know you're setting up people like Matt and the black women on his season to to shoulder a huge burden of being graceful around that of educating. Um, we did speak to a source close to Matt for this story who told us um, as the season progressed, it's become clear that Matt's presence on the show was exemplary of what so many POC faced daily. He and the Black women had to take on the extra responsibility of helping The Bachelor address issues of diversity and were often exploited. Um, and they also said that, you know, executives haven't realized that uh, that casting a diverse set of contestants is not the same thing as creating equitable conditions and opportunities and I think that that's really what we're seeing uh, come through the, the cracks of, of this season that's collapsing around Matt. Yeah, diversity is not the same thing as equity. And I think that that is what this season has really, really driven home. And if this franchise is committed to equity, um, they need to really take a step back and really think about making some deep structural changes and some changes not just in front of the camera, but behind. Um, any any final thoughts before we wrap up? I mean, I said this on Twitter last night, but, um, you know, I love some reality TV mess. Um, and obviously the narrative... Um, late last year was that Clara blew up her season. And now we have seen what has happened in, in Matt James's season through 
what's on this TV screen every week, but also through these spoilery posts that we've been able to do. And I just, I took a break from The Bachelorette after Rachel Lindsay's season, and I definitely probably won't be returning for a little while after this too. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, Aaron, thank you so much for joining us for this conversation. Um, It was fun to report this out with you and we will be back in a minute with the recap for the hometown episode of Matt James's season. All right, it's time to turn to the recap. It's Hometowns Week, and you know what they say, home is a Nima colon, where you all live forever now. And so do your families. It's just like Noah's Ark. Each woman gets to save, you know, like two to three key loved ones from the pandemic. It's a beautiful story. And so just like Taisha, Matt doesn't get to actually travel to the hometowns of his final four. But yes, he does get to meet some parents this week. So a lot of fun as always. A lot to dive into. And here to discuss all the moms, all the sisters, all the breeze. We are joined by Caroline Moss, who is the wonderful, witty host of G Thanks Just Bought It. Hello. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here 70 miles south of Pittsburgh or north of Pittsburgh, wherever Nima Colon is. <laughs> That's where we are <laughs> in our hearts. In, in our, our hearts, hearts is yes. where we are. Yeah. Increasingly, I feel in our physical reality. Yeah. <laughs> I know no other setting. Um, I, nothing else exists. I, I basically am, never leave my apartment. Yes, so. exactly. We are all in our own private Nima Colons. <laughs> Nima Colon of the mind. Um, and in in Matt's Nima Colon, which I guess is in like November or October. Yeah, there was some fall moment there. Yeah, peak foliage. Oh, yeah. There are swans swimming amidst the fiery trees in the pond. Yeah, some cozy Matt sweaters. Matt is doing an ab workout. I mean, um, Matt cannot miss a workout. Those abs don't make <laughs> themselves, okay? It's true. He was doing he some really like work. limber toe touching. <laughs> yeah, he's There's flexible. something to me yeah. just about watching someone do a, a weights exercise like that on their own that I'm like, oh, like people actually <laughs> yeah. do this stuff. That was they exactly just, like, my reaction. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> sure. Um, so uh, the four remaining ladies are just chilling when, of course, Chris Harrison arrives. Um, I heard rumblings that they were going to trim down his segments, but if they did, they didn't try very hard. Because <laughs> he, seems we do get very he seems very present. He seems extremely present. more present than ever. <laughs> Chris, Chris Harrison is still on site in Nima Colon, and they have to put him to work. <laughs> So it's, they can't it's get like rid of him. a Chris Harrison haunting. Yeah. <laughs> it's the ghost of Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> and he has arrived to tell the women that it's hometowns week and that their loved ones are already there. They are all extremely emotional. I mean, they basically clearly went on this show so they could safely see their parents again. And who could blame them? Um that's the greatest perk of all. Yeah, it was like, honestly, um, that that just like lockbox quarantine safe space seems worth going through all of this shit for. <laughs> I didn't like, think of that. But that's Heather. Now yes. we get to see our families. <laughs> yes. Yes. 
seeing Brie with like her baby sister, who's very fresh, like a very fresh baby sister. She's definitely a pandemic baby. I mean, I mean, I don't know because she was actually born last fall. Oh, sure. Like she's older now. Okay. Because this was filmed in the fall. Yeah, but she could have been born in this. How fresh was she? She looked (laughs) she looked fresh. Anyway, not the point. I vote her. I give her my rose. I give the baby (laughs) the rose. (laughs) The baby. She was was, she she looked like she was maybe less than a month old. But if this was October, it was still she would have been conceived prior to someone who conceived a baby in March. He was born in December. Um, (laughs) But but definitely uh, born, born in the pandemic. Yes. Yeah, that's so what I meant. in that sense, a pandemic Yeah, no, baby. she was definitely yeah. born in the pandemic. <laughs> Very cute um, baby. Clearly so the cute. most important thing about this. Give, we, we're not going to yeah. discuss anything else. Give the baby Chris Harrison's job and we can... <laughs> we'll I mean, the baby would do a better job. So. It, <laughs> the baby would be better, correct. So uh, we will be meeting uh, all the parents, basically. Um Three sisters, including Bree's baby sister, um, Rachel's sister, Trinity, uh, Serena's sister, Talia, and Bree's best friend, Bree, is also there, which I found uh, a little difficult to follow at first. Um, And first up is Michelle. I Um, love Michelle so much. Yeah. Like, not a hot take, but, like, this just really sealed it for me. And I found myself being like, we were robbed of having her on our screens for the first few weeks. And that is an injustice. Justice for Michelle. I love her and I love her family. I love her dad. I love Michelle's dad. What a sweet dad. And her like cute mom who's just like, oh, I'm looking at the way he looks at you. I'm taking like that was so cute. Also, they like, were, she and cute. Matt were just really on the same wavelength sartorially. I mean, yeah. they were fully <laughs> yes. matching. They, they were, were dressed matching. for an engagement suit. Yeah. They were dressed for an engagement shoot level of matching, like lavender long sleeve tops and dark pants. It was Mr. Autumn Man and Mrs. Autumn <laughs> Man. <laughs> um, and also, like, they were just, like, vibing on a bike through the Nemecolon, like, village. And they, it was cute. It was cute. And then they held hands and I just I watched as Michelle like like kind of pulled her hand away to steady her balance on the bike. And I I found that very relatable. (laughs) Yeah, I was impressed that that she didn't fall over more, to be honest. (laughs) I was like, this is giving me anxiety. Like, I just know I would get on a bike on camera (laughs) and like perform terribly. Correct. Me too. Especially because Matt's thing is like the fun thing about bikes is trying to knock people off them. And that's yeah, I was what like, I, I didn't do. realize my kids that do. was like an activity that's common. Yeah. It seems like you don't you don't want to do that. But yeah, very. What strange. do I know? What do but I you know, know about child rearing? You tell that's me, Claire. just Matt. He's just a fun loving kind of like kooky <laughs> yeah. guy. He's got a lot of jokes. Well, you can tell a lot about a kid by how they act on a bike, you know, like. I used to tie shoelaces to the handlebars so I could pretend I was riding a horse. And Matt used to drive around and try to knock people off their bikes by rubbing the wheels up against each other. The two genders, right? Like, that's what we're looking at here. Yes. Um, So they have this adorable bike ride. And then they arrive to the destination. She wants to show him a little bit of her life. 
and she's set up a fake classroom in an auditorium. Guys, I started crying. Me like, too. what's happening in my body? I think, you know, we've just been first so starved for outside stimuli in our lives. And, and also... Like this season has been so fucking bleak and and so little really about love stories and about getting mm-hmm. to know the the women that Matt is into that this felt like such a breath of fresh air. Her students were adorable. I also just like wanted to give a big like gold medal and a raise to every teacher who has been teaching through this pandemic and yeah. trying to keep kids engaged over Zoom. And you could just feel how much her students adored her. Like, they were so excited to see her, and she was excited to see them. And I just, I loved the whole thing. It was so cute. And it was also so cute that, like, they had their questions. They and were like, grilling Matt. They were really good <laughs> questions. It all, it, it, to me, it harkened back to, like, an old era of The Bachelor where, like, you could totally see someone bringing the bachelor the bachelorette like into a classroom of actual children who would grill and i thought that was really cute that they did it on zoom um and i thought the questions were really good and i thought his answers were really good i agree he's great with kids i mean he does he's really good with kids like yeah. one of his jobs is he you know is being the head of a nonprofit that literally takes children on trips around the city to learn yeah. about and food. this is what michelle keeps referencing when she talks about what she likes about him is basically like I've never found a guy who cares as much about kids as I do. And I know you do because that's part of your work. And so, like, I'd really like to make this work. Yeah, it was so cute. Yeah, like, it's true. They used to do more dates, um, like the sex ed date I'm thinking of, where you bring the bachelor or, like, into a classroom of kids. And they're like, ooh, is that your boyfriend? And, like, we (laughs) literally get that question, of course. Um, And Matt is definitely good at spinning in a kid-friendly way what's going on. One kid asks if they've kissed, and he's like, you can tell that we like each other because we're holding hands. And that's the stage of the relationship. Very sweet. He also has a really infectious laugh. Like, I love when we get to see Matt having fun. And and the way he is, like, so clearly entertained by and, like, tickled by these children's questions. Like, he's just cracking up every time they ask something, like – semi-invasive and I found it very adorable you could tell he also took the whole entire thing very seriously and like wanted the kids approval (laughs) like that was important to him and he kind of also let the kids have their like moment to shine in that in that kind of time which I also thought was sweet like he wasn't trying to like overpower the room it was really just about like the kids asking questions and then he would like laugh and give them kind of like a appropriate answer but it was it was really it was really cute and then they all gave like the thumbs up like she like she was like what do you think about this man (laughs) and I was trying to think like what if my teacher asked me what do I think about this man (laughs) when I was like six (laughs) you're like I guess he's fine (laughs) yeah like okay like I think I would have I wanted one kid to deviate and be like one thumbs up (laughs) <laughs> and I'll I'll tell you why. You know what I mean? Like, she was like, "Oh, you you all got you you got thumbs up from everyone." But I wanted one kid to be like, "I'm only giving him one," <laughs> and uh, I'm withholding 
why. <laughs> but Some of it the was kids, I so wasn't sweet. totally clear if they raised both thumbs, but I think Michelle wanted to be like, they all gave two thumbs up. I'm like, who's going to look too closely? I saw one thumb It was in there. me. I paused. <laughs> I liked that some of them were wearing Team Miss Young t-shirts. Yeah, cute. That their parents had clearly like custom made for them. Just yeah. They're really at that age that I remember where you either like really loved your teacher or like hated them because they could they're like so dominant in your life and I had teachers when I was that age that I just adored and would do anything for same you also have no grasp of like what how old a teacher is like I'm I'm (laughs) Instagram friends with my second grade teacher who is like not that much older than me when (laughs) like in adult world you know like you're I was eight or seven and she was like probably 23 three or 24 and now when we're in our 30s I'm in my 30s and she's in her 40s it doesn't seem that crazy but she was literally my second grade teacher and we're like you're like she's a hundred because (laughs) who can say like like, you're old like every adult is like 45 or like 90 like that there's the only two ages when you're a kid (laughs) but like yeah and we all thought she was so pretty and like so cool and I imagine if she brought like a camera crew and a, and like a hot guy into our classroom, we would have been like, ah, God, <laughs> um, so I thought that was so, yeah, I thought that was really, really cute. I also went to Catholic school until college. So like that would never, we were never allowed to think <laughs> of our teachers dating. Their boyfriends. Uh, absolutely not. They were all married or basically nuns. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so they have this adorable date and then uh, they talk about how important it is for her to be with someone who loves kids. And that sets the tone for a really lovely meeting with her parents. Mm-hmm. Um and they sit down with her dad, Ephraim, and her mom, LaVon. And I, the thing about hometowns is they all have, like, a bunch of very repetitive conversations with each other. So let's just talk about what stood out to us from this set of conversations. I have a big one that, that stuck with me, um, which was when um, her father said, like, look, we trust her judgment and, like, we'll back her either way I was like oh yes. like wow we have raised an independent woman like what <laughs> I, I actually that, think I was pleasantly surprised to notice a lot of that among the families not in, in this- Rachel's though and that was really there was like well. a big yeah I know but it was very it was the disparity between that was really um not shocking but obvious you know like you 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 definitely there was like it was definitely like a parting of the red sea of parents where where one side is like hey like you know we want what's best for you and we support you and then you know you get some sort of dad energy that's like I got my gun cocked in the back and I will kill anyone you know what I mean like there's I, I don't know I thought it was really Especially because I used to be a really big like purveyor of early bachelor where it was very much like, are you going to be able to support my daughter and like give her the life that she deserves? Like it was so nice to see a dad who's like, yeah, you're like a full you were like a full person. You're like a full, totally full person. You're not looking for anyone to complete you. Like, obviously, we have concerns because you're on this television show and he's (laughs) dating three other women and we're not going to pretend like that's not happening. But also, like, you're a smart person. You have good judgment. Like, we don't think that you're, like, crazy or going too fast. I don't know. I just thought it was very, like, refreshing. Like, he obviously, like, raised her, trusts her and supports her. And I just thought, wow, okay. 
I love yeah. that. Actually, the last couple of Bachelor seasons have been really regressive in that way. I think that yes. we've ended up with a couple yeah. seasons with really young women, really young runners up who are from conservative very Christian backgrounds. And so we ended up with a lot of 23 year olds on hometowns and their dads being like, I don't think that you're ready for this. I can't give my consent. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. this Matt had, has a lot of young women, but there's, there's a much different, uh, vibe. The vibe is, the vibe is very, very different and it is refreshing. And, you know, we do love to see it. I was very stuck on the conversation that Michelle had with her father, where, she started crying and they talk about how a couple years ago she was in a really hard place and like how they've seen her bounce back. And it was a really beautiful moment. But I just found myself being like, what have I missed? What happened to Michelle a few years ago? Like, yeah, did we will they never know. mention it? Right. Like, did they mention it? And I, it just didn't stick with me or or is this just indicative of yet again, the fact that this show spent like five episodes on Victoria bullying women of color and we didn't actually really get to know that much about the women that ended up making it to the end of the season like I was like wait no I want more on this like what did Michelle go through how did her parents support her like I I just wanted more I mean it was clearly a failure of editing on the level of the whole season like you mentioned but also I found myself in that moment being like what if you just like recorded some like in the some like you know confessionals for her to do a voiceover being like, you know, uh, when I was 25, I went through a devastating breakup. Like, you know, like you, there was so much missing that the continuity just wasn't there and they didn't even try to weave it in in any way. And and it's so obvious that, you know, what it reminds you that what you see on the show is so rarely even half of the full picture and when you get to hometowns when you have people in the room who like actually know this woman like who or the or the man or whoever is like the contestant um you a lot of stuff comes comes out like me and maybe there's a possibility that she didn't even think that her like that being hurt because you know parents think of the the shit you go through when you're their child as like, they'll always remember that stuff. Even if like you kind of grow from it or you move on from it, or maybe it didn't affect you. Like it will affect your parents differently than the way it affected you because they don't like seeing you hurt and they don't like seeing like anyone treat you poorly. So maybe for them, it was like a huge thing. And maybe she didn't realize that for them, it was a huge thing. You know what I mean? Like you see all this, this family dynamic that that actually is is so much more revealing of like the kind of person and and the baggage. Yeah, I want some bachelorette mm-hmm. like baggage. Like I <laughs> yeah, want well, like we'll I want there to be that. like an after show where it's like, yeah, I want to know all about your break. Like tell me about your college boyfriend. What well, did he do re- to you? Let's, remember let's on, talk about it. On Tasha's season, they had conversations like this with Ivan yeah. and his brother, with Zach and his family about how their parents saw them go through difficult things and cope with it. And we knew what they were talking about because they yeah, had included it. And it also, it's a part of the reason that I think we felt so connected to like a large portion of the cast on Claire and Tasha's season. Like we had moments where we got to know them. So clearly the show is capable of carving out room for that. Yes. Um, you know, I think like the one example where there was like context missing was about Ivan's religion, um, which he then spoke on after. So we understood what was happening. But this is just like, it made me realize just how little I knew about these women. And it made me sad because I'm like, well, the more I learn about most of them, 
the more I connect to them and think they're awesome and have right. more interest in them. And I just feel like we were sort of robbed of that. Um, but mm. it, I just, I loved Michelle. I loved this whole date. I think you're spot on, Caro. Like, her parents seem to really trust her and also be really, really supportive. And they just had, like, the sweetest, uh, loveliest, like, Minnesota Midwestern energy. My dad's whole whole side of the family is from Minneapolis. So I was yeah. just, like, their That's little... familiar to you. Uh, yeah, it was just so cute. Yeah. I also wanted to call out one thing about Minnesota, which is that when her dad asked Matt, you know, if he's in love with her and like how he sees a future with her, Matt is like, well, I can't really say whether I love her right now, but, you know, I'm I'm committed. And if if I do end up with Michelle, there's nothing I wouldn't do, including moving to Minnesota. There's no there's no greater uh, sacrifice. That. You're right. <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah, Minnesota. And they were like, OK, <laughs> talk to you later. Yeah, um, I I loved that for for him, like being like, look, here's how far I'll go. Minnesota. Yeah. I'll move to the Midwest, <laughs> ma'am. It is to see a, a bachelor lead do that is just it, it makes me feel things. Um, mm-hmm. It's so it's so rare. The bar um, is so low for us. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like that was like, wow, he would move to Minnesota. Wow, that's that's amazing. (laughs) Um, And then they play some some pickup basketball in the driveway. (laughs) And Matt and Michelle uh, then regroup after this this family meeting. And she tells him that seeing him with her parents and comparing what they have to what her parents have with each other has taken her emotions to a new level. And she is falling in love with him. And Matt, what do we think of Matt's reaction? He kind of, he smiles, he looks like pleased, and then he leans in and kisses her. Yeah, he holds back from giving her the verbal affirmation that he did very freely give Rachel, even Mm -hmm. before this episode. And I thought that was notable. But I also think he's really into Michelle. I feel like there's a hierarchy. There's like, I'm falling in love with you too. There's no response but a big smile and a kiss. And then there's There's, thank thank you you. for telling Thank you for sharing that with me. Thank you for that feedback. I I truly do appreciate it. Thank you for taking the customer service survey. You get 20% (laughs) off your next purchase. Um, I thought depending on what Michelle's love language is in terms of receiving that it could have gone either way because maybe like you know physical touch and actions are like big for her as a person who needs verbal I would have pushed him off and been like no say it back (laughs) like you didn't need to hear it I would like to hear it don't kiss me are you kidding don't kiss me Say it's it. Just, say it. I Why aren't you saying it? She receives it to the point that she's like, to get that positive smile from him, that felt so good. And I think part of it is that this the show really conditions you to be like, I can't expect anything verbal from him. All I can expect are like signs and like a feeling right. of warmth. And then, of course, the league can kind of play freely with that and like say the words to some people who are then so overwhelmed that he's breaking the rules for them. When they don't say the words to someone else, they're like, oh, well, he can't. Right. You you guys know better than I do, but wasn't Ben, boring Ben, the one who 
who broke the mold on that and told two contestants that he loved them. And then that yes. became the big, tw- you know, how every Bachelor season must have a twist. Like that was the big twist that he told everyone he loved them. Um, yeah, I don't like that. I don't like that way either. That way would have, if he said it back, but then, can you know what I mean? Like I would have been mad too. I just feel like it sucks because for the contestants versus the lead, like there's no good answer to that. Like, but you as the person who's there, to compete for him you have to be as honest and as straightforward and as like as like clear as possible about your feelings and then that's met with like the most coy produced sort of response you can think of which is like not the way to start a relationship IMO but whatever you know what I mean like that's just me but like you know that you're like I don't know ever since Ben did that I would also be like okay I don't even care as much about what the reaction he's giving me. I need to know how he's reacting to everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. And this is why I would do terribly on that show because that anxiety <laughs> alone would destroy me. me. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> um, on yeah. that note, should we should we move on to Rachel's hometown date? Yes, let's do it. Um, I know we all need to like center ourselves. This was, <laughs> this was so weird to watch because like everything that... Rachel and Matt say during this date now feels because of what we know about Rachel's family and their political background and their views expressed online and Rachel's as we've discussed on the podcast before like Mm -hmm. when she says it's a really big deal for my family to meet Matt even something as innocuous as that part of my my brain is like yeah I bet it is like yeah Everything I'm feels sure. so loaded. Yeah, she also says her family will be shocked at how strong her feelings are. <laughs> and they might think <laughs> she's crazy like, because it's so fast. <laughs> I also, like, they've gotten this far. And as far as we've seen, they haven't had one conversation where they acknowledge race. Not one. Well, no, they're taking the 1995 approach to race, which is well, they that they don't see if, color, right? She doesn't you don't see, see color. your colorblind, yeah. and if you and if you say the word black, that means you're racist. <laughs> so that's where that's where Rachel is, and it's very obvious. Like, you know, it's not up to Matt to have those conversations. You know what I mean? And because it's like putting too, it's like putting too much on him, I think. But it's not like they've had any sort of. They've never broached the topic. And I and I don't I don't know if that's like so personality based versus like how they wanted the show to go. But then it blew up in their face. You know what I mean? So there's no like it. I don't know. It's It, it was really weird. I don't know. This this Rachel's hometown made me like very uncomfortable. Like I almost fast forwarded through it. But then I saw her, you know, flying in the sky and I was like, I got to watch this. But like, I don't know. It just made me super uncomfortable because yeah. it was like The Bachelor has always done this thing where they like pretend that they are not the biggest most watched show on television the longest running reality you know love show on television and then every year they seem to get caught with their ass out and then they're oh every year they're like oh my god we're so shocked that we got caught with our ass out you know what I mean it's like I feel like we've been doing this in different pockets of controversy yeah for for years and they still have not learned and so watching it happen again in something as big as very painful it's very very painful painful. and it and and I think as you say like the fact that this keeps happening in some iteration um just speaks to the kind of the rot at, at the core you know like there is a structural issue here there is an issue like embedded in 
casting and production that starts at the top. And like those, that top like has not really changed as much as, you know, perhaps some of the other elements of the show have. And we're also talking right. about a show that has a certain fandom, a certain viewership base that like yes. you get a pretty 24 year old white girl with a conservative background who wants to go on The Bachelor. Like, what are the odds <laughs> that you cast a group full of those women that, you know, some of them are going to have gone to Old South Balls in 2018? Like, but also, why are those odds? Well, it's be- there are this isn't random. Someone's booking them. Yes. And I'm it's not random at all. But I'm also saying that it's not like women with this kind of background and views are so rare. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to turn this into a thing where we're like the bachelor is seeking out and finding the handful of racist women like they're (laughs) right. We live in a racist society. We live (laughs) in a racist country. And there um, are more than not. Yeah, like the the problem here is so much bigger than than Rachel and for understandable reasons she sort of become the the symbol the avatar for this thing, but it is like yeah, she's not as much the exception as I think some people would feel comforted to believe. Right. Uh, no, and and that's yeah, and that's I, part of what makes this thing so deeply uncomfortable and upsetting. Right. And I think so right. part of it is that the show courts has always courted this audience and courted this fan base yeah. because it is compatible with their like heteronormative fantasy of of love and mm-hmm. and it's and it's a large viewership. And so they they have built themselves this pipeline and they've been like, why don't women of color want to come on our show? And and then they're not very good at at vetting these women or or finding ways to find out um, that this might become a problem with the people they're casting ahead of time. So, that, like, they're or if they found out, they didn't think it would be a problem. <laughs> well, with Lee, with like... Lee, I think they knew because he was like tweeting yeah. on his public. Yeah. With Rachel, it's possible they didn't know um, and that they didn't haven't figured out how to dig deeper to find this stuff. Clearly, the information they need was to hire there. some like Gen they need to hire Z, Neve like. <laughs> Yeah, they can do they better than Neve Solman and Max to do one. I don't know. Google I think you just need to hire result. some teens. Just hire some teens to like yeah. hire some TikTok hire some teens. teens. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hire that TikTok girl who totally like that was the that was the big TikTok right? Like that that one feminist girl. mama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who like. I, I have since deactivated from Twitter. It's been very good, but I miss everything. So, <laughs> um, but like, yeah, I mean, that was how I learned about this was I watched the, like a, a very good succinct minute and I was like, oh, OK, that's where. OK, yeah, great. really put it all, <laughs> all in one place. Here we are again. And it just sucks because like there have been I think the thing that bothers me the most is that, you know, I bet if we go back and really vet every single contestant who's ever come on the show not the leads the people who are vying this is probably so frequent and happens all the time but if it's a but if it's a white woman coming for a white man on the bachelor and she has a history of being racist then it doesn't come up on the show and now unfortunately matt has to take on all of that like emotional labor of being thrusted in as the main character in this 24 year olds, like past or present, even, you know, 
racism because he's black and like that's what makes it like and I'm doing air quotes relevant whereas like would this be relevant if Matt was white and you were just watching two white people and then you think back on the show and you're like we've always been watching two white people so like what kinds of things weren't revealed didn't come up on the show just because they thought it was irrelevant just because there weren't any people of color yeah, I think that's a big part of it. I also think that there there have been individuals who didn't make it as far on seasons with white leads that, you know, like, for example, I believe Mikkel was, like, not invited to the Women Tell All um, on that season because photos surfaced of her in brown face. But it's like it didn't become such a huge thing because – she wasn't that major of a player. She went home like week four. They just like didn't have her back um, and and weren't forced to address it because, right. yeah, she wasn't like enacting harm in that same way on the lead. And also like what they've done with Matt, which feels particularly shitty, is that he the same way that like Rachel has become the like avatar of the show's racism, he is put in the position to like yeah, bear the weight of of all of that history and at the same time, like, be their cover. You know, like, he's... Yeah, like, I'm like, black. Oh, we're, we're good because we cast this black man. Let's get let's get back to um, the actual meat of this date. <laughs> I'm very in annoyed. Which, in which Rachel, falls out, Rachel falls out of the sky. <laughs> and it's very... It's quite an alarming visual. Yeah. I, I have to admit... I had to Google jumping out of airplanes to remember the phrase skydiving. Um, <laughs> I'm completely fried, guys. That's fair. There's nothing left in my You're like, skull. I know there's a, a term for this. Yeah. Yeah. Thrusted um, in the air out of an airplane. They're sky free falling flying. through the right. sky <laughs> after exiting an airplane. So she is like, I, I, I want to surprise Matt. So she puts a blindfold on him again like this all turns into a very weird vibe where she's like trust and honesty are so important so i'm blindfolding you you're like this is get and out that is this like is a, this, this is might be revenge. get out yeah yeah like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah this yeah, might yeah. be revenge because i love to give her a hard time but i love surprises and rachel's been a very pleasant surprise and i'm like wow every single word uh. of what you all just said has a very disturbing double meaning now yeah um and so she drives him blindfolded to the tarmac to the airplane that they will be skydiving. I, I did appreciate that um, in, in this whole episode, like it was really the women who were driving. Like normally we would only kind of see the bachelor like driving the cool. Oh, cars, yeah. Man in the was, car. Yeah. Can we just no, the ladies were out here driving? OK, I get that. I appreciate that Rachel drove. She did roll up in like a Batmobile. Like it did. Like I get it. Like an old car, whatever. But like I, it was I when you when she's on the Nemecolon ranch. Like all of us, you know what I mean? Like when you remember that they're all in the same place, it is so much funnier that she just comes around <laughs> the bend in the Batmobile. And I yeah, I thought that was so She's driven funny. like 100 think, feet. Yeah. <laughs> They've been working through all the cars in that Nima Colon. Uh, oh yeah, the car, car museum. Room. Yeah, that's they why they have cool cars. That's why they're like um, we have this is what we have access to and it's yeah. cars. We got to use as many as possible. It was really funny. So, they're doing tandem jumps out of the, this airplane. Matt is thrilled. Uh we see them in the bowels of the plane being like, "Oh, I'm so nervous. If I die, I'm glad it's going to be with you," which of course is <laughs> foreshadowing. You're like, "No." 
<laughs> to Rachel dying. No, not Rachel. Sorry, no, she's fine. Um, she's fine. Matt lands first, and then as Rachel approaches, something goes slightly awry. She and her co-jumper really smash into the ground. Like, face first. Like Face first. Um, later, she says she has bruises covered up by makeup on her face. That was um, weird. So- well, yeah. I rewatched it and I you could see the beginning of like on her nose a bit of I thought I could see like a bit of a bruise starting to fall. I mean, she I was just slammed. incredibly impressed by the by the cover up job. Yeah. Look. Well, I thought that was a real fun moment when she said to her mom, like, you have no idea what this like. I'm wearing a lot of makeup right now. Like, I, I love a little breaking of the fourth wall where she's like, we're on TV and I have so much makeup on. My face is busted. <laughs> um, but I thought the I thought the airplane jumping was really fun. I, if I missed it, can you guys remind me what about jumping out of airplanes was hometown for Rachel nothing nothing oh cool okay got it <laughs> yeah they were just like you get the big budget sure I wonder what exact yeah they gave her budget nice budget or she was just like the adrenaline dates or the bonding dates and you know what it fucking worked because she got injured which was probably yes. very scary and upsetting but it and also clearly made Matt decide to marry her. Like he was yeah. fully like, I didn't realize how much I cared about you until I saw that you might be dead. Until and I it saw really you makes plummet <laughs> from a plane and smash into God's green earth face first with a mouthful of grass. I knew in that moment. It's like every, every, you know, when, when you're young and you're watching like a walk to remember, you're like, one day a man is going to see me in danger and he's going to be like, that made me realize that I couldn't live without you. And that is the moment Rachel gets from Matt here. A lot, men will be like, oh, I love like strong, independent women, but like nothing gets a man hornier than like. (laughs) a woman in peril like they love a damsel in distress especially bachelor contestants so like anytime you she probably i mean I, now now that i'm thinking about it will we put it past rachel to hijack her own airplane jump and i fall think look first? i think that would require a lot of skill and it really seemed like the the guy who was her tandem partner like lost a little bit of control what if she was um, like hey hey fuck this up and there's 20 bucks in it for she's you like, smash like, my face into the of air of course she was with the tandem jump guy who seemed like a little goofier and a little more like we're here to like have fun on a bachelor date which you don't want to be with that guy yeah i was like i over. would not trust myself to be strapped to that man totally. like this is a very bad advertisement for his skills and like it's deeply concerning i hope no one is jumping yeah, can i get him. the name of this company the name of colon skydiving company but yeah I think that you're right Claire that like the adrenaline really really worked it really did Mm -hmm. its job here and this is something that they do employ um on a lot of bachelor seasons and like yeah it's fucking effective and it was just like another thing that felt frustrating about I love the comparison to a walk to remember though because that's correct yeah just like oh I'm so sick and weak that movie (laughs) affected me and and (laughs) Deep, deep ways. I think all of us. Um, To this day, when I'm not feeling well, I'm like, Craig, can you bring me some fighting water, please? Promise me you won't fall in love with me. (laughs) I want to stand in two states at once. Uh, So that night they go to meet her parents and her sister. And uh, Trinity. Trinity. Trinity Kirkconnell. Like, 
very Irish vibes. Very Irish. Trinity um, didn't. I don't think she spoke one word on camera. Yeah, so we, we didn't. We didn't, really we didn't get a her. lot from from Trinity Kirkinell. So um, yeah, we, a couple a couple things stood out to me from from this date. One is that her dad actually does try very hard to say the things like he he is definitely saying we respect you whatever you want to do we support you that's what he's saying we are getting a strong <laughs> vibe that he is extremely skeptical um he's Claire, not happy I love about that. the situation um, i love that you're like he is said we are hearing the words he we're is hearing the words it. We've heard they the weren't words. necessarily the words that I expected to come out when he opened his mouth because of his scary vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I loved Rachel's conversation with her mom where she keeps being like, yeah, I fell really hard and like hurt myself. And her mom was like, Haha. oh, Rachel. And I was like, your yeah, daughter like, is like, it bad? <laughs> really? Oh, you look fine, though. Oh. She's like, I have a lot of makeup on, mom. And she's like, okay, <laughs> yeah. well, did, was he so nice to you when you fell? And it's like, oh, well, that's where she gets it from. <laughs> This is this is a this is family perpetrated. No, I I agree. That was kind of funny. Her mom seemed a little camera scared. Did you guys pick up on that? She was not definitely not as like uh, cozy on camera, maybe. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like it didn't like so. super stand out to me. Um, the only thing that stood out to me about the the Rachel parents thing was that she said at the end that she was kind of upset that Matt didn't ask her dad for his blessing. Yeah, I was yeah. going to bring that up. That mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting because as you said, like I-, I was struck by the fact that that's what she wanted, but that her dad didn't really follow that script in being like are you asking me? And like that Matt didn't ask, which I was really glad because I right. hate that when oh, they but do But apparently that. he's saving it for later. <laughs> he's saving it for later. Yeah, well. No, that's true though. He yeah. she, she She wants him to ask and like contestants in the past it seems like it's partly because of her background that that's something that's important to her but also because it would be a signal to her that he actually plans to propose and she doesn't get that signal so right but so the last conversation she has is with her dad um Mm -hmm. and her dad is like are you really feeling confident about this like there are four of you i'm sure he's saying the same things to them and she's like do you think so i don't think so i really do think i'm different and then she finds out that Matt hasn't asked for permission to propose, and that seems to like shake her confidence a little bit. Deflate her. I did think it was interesting right. that she was like, "No, I, I maybe I'm naive, but I feel like I'm different, and I feel like he's not saying these things." And I was like, "Well, she is yeah. picking up on something that's true there to an extent. Like he is, he has been treating Rachel differently in like how." verbal he is with her and how like affirming he is with her so clearly she's not like totally in her head like she is picking up on his clear attachment to her but the whole thing just made me feel like very uncomfortable because it was just hard to honestly like notice anything with all of the context that we now have and like it just it feels fucking icky Mm mm-hmm yeah, it's very it's very uncomfortable. It's hard not to read into any feelings of like hostility that otherwise you might be like, of course they're uncomfortable. Like this guy's dating their daughter and three other women on TV and instead it's hard not to read other things into it. And honestly, that's kind of on him <laughs> and Rachel. But um on the outward side, it seems like Matt and Rachel both feel pretty good about how this went. Yeah. Um, Matt tells her, you know, I didn't want to ask for uh, 
uh, permission to propose to, to propose in order to check a box. So I plan to call my final choices parents before the proposal. I mean, it is always weird to see the parade of asking for a blessing from all the parents, but I really wish they just wouldn't do it at all. However, uh, that's where we're at in 2021. We're going to take a quick break, but when we get back, we'll have more with Caroline Moss. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. This year has gone by so quickly. I can't believe it's already almost summer. And I actually have kind of accomplished a lot of my goals for this year so far. We now have like a pretty good routine for our family, which was like kind of ruining our life at the beginning of the year, having an extra kid in the mix, an extra school run. And I look back and I'm like, wow, we really like pulled together, figured out a way to make our household work as a team. And I just want to keep that energy going through the year, just like functioning at top capacity. When life goes so fast, it's important to take a moment and really celebrate your wins. And make adjustments for the rest of the year. Therapy can really help you take stock of your progress and set achievable goals for the next six months. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Take a moment. Visit BetterHelp.com slash love to see it today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash love to see it. Okay, so you got engaged. Congrats. Now you may be wondering what comes next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually even enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or, you know, from your couch, which is certainly how, uh, if I was planning a wedding, I would definitely want to do it as loungily as possible. <laughs> so important. I also just know myself. I, I know that planning any kind of event, like even a birthday party can get very stressful. And so it's been really cool to see friends use Zola. It really seems to make everything a lot less stressful. And as a frequent wedding attender, I love to be able to hop on that Zola registry and just purchase a gift. Easy peasy. I know I've done it. I won't forget. Thank you, Zola. Yeah, everything's all in the same place. It's perfect. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with factors no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Protein Plus, and keto. Factors fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. I love that. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Make your day delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. And treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. 
I don't know about the rest of you, but sometimes when I'm having a busy day, like, I don't know, every day, and I'm just running around trying to finish work, trying to deal with daycare pickup, I actually can forget to make time to feed myself something that is actually good for my body, something that isn't just my fifth granola bar of the day. And that's where Factor really comes in and offers me a nice balanced meal that tastes great, that has vegetables, that has protein, that has all those things that I can't find just by grabbing a snack out of my cupboard. And it's really such a game changer. Head to factormeals.com slash LTSI50 and use code LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code LTSI50 at factormeals.com slash LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. I am someone who has reached the ripe age of 36 and still has no idea how to pack effectively. I am always a stress case, just standing (laughs) over my suitcase, trying to pack for my next trip. And, you know, sometimes I need help. That's when we realize we need to say hello to Quince. It's your new go-to for high-quality vacation essentials you'll be packing for years to come. Oh, they have such good stuff, like premium European linen dresses. Just think about walking along the water in a linen dress. Yes. Or a blouse or shorts from $30. Linen, did I mention Mm, linen? Yeah. Also washable silk tops, premium luggage options at incredible prices, and so much more. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I personally have been absolutely obsessed with the Quince all-day neoprene duffel bag that I got. I have been using it constantly. It's perfect. It's so cute. It fits so much. It even has like an extra place for your keys and wallet. It just makes everything easy. Cannot recommend enough. Pack your bags with high quality essentials with Quince. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash L-T-S-I to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash L-T-S-I. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off your list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. You don't have to pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that just don't really help you speak a new language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, and rooted in real-life situations. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you improve your pronunciation and accent, which personally I think is actually one of the sneaky, hardest parts of learning a new language. I used Babbel to brush up on some basic French before I went to Paris for three weeks, and it was so helpful to help me just get around the city and order food and purchase things without looking totally ignorant. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash LTSI. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash LTSI. 
spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash L-T-S-I. Rules and restrictions may apply. And now back to the show. And so now it's time for Bree's date. And who knows anything about Bree? (laughs) The only thing I think that I really knew about Bree before this was um, about her being raised by her mother in a single parent home and that her mom had had her when she was very young. So I I was um, glad that we got to meet her mom. That was cool. But yeah, again, like we haven't really heard that much from Brie in quite a while. (laughs) Yeah, we get like an update from Matt being like, we were both raised in a single parent home. And so we get that about each other that's carried our relationship and that's it that's all and I was like great that's all I knew about your relationship it's all you know about your relationship that's the totality of you and Brie um and so yeah. if we if you recall I had forgotten they went on an ATV date as the first one-on-one and he flipped it over and almost killed her so she apologized to her mother payback. on camera <laughs> <laughs> she's getting payback by taking him off-roading in an extremely clean and comfortable uh, SUV Jeep. Um, it's and very lime green. Very like lime green. Very lime green. Not the Batmobile. <laughs> <laughs> I kept having moments where we watched them like plowing through the woods where I just was imagining myself as a little woodland creature being like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> to what is this lime green woods. monster doing? Claire's a Nima colon chipmunk just hanging out. Yeah, maybe that's like speaks to your past life or something, Claire. Yeah. If you were reincarnated from a Nima colon chipmunk. That's your soul. That's your soul. I live in a burrow and I just, I vibe. That's what I do. Um, so they stop in a field uh, to have their picnic and talk. And even Brie is sort of like, it's nice to finally get to talk to this man who I'm introducing to my parents like, and I've basically seen. Did you ever work? Seen. Like, what jobs have you had? Like, they're it's fully just, still they're having like, like speed dating first the, the to beginnings. second date conversations <laughs> yes. here. They're like, let's just establish your work history before you meet my mother. And your name is, it's Brie? Yes, your name is Brie. <laughs> just okay, just call Brie. And everyone Brie to be safe. Yeah, just call- <laughs> <laughs> Two out of three times you will be right in the room with her family, 100%. Um, so she tells him, like, my mom is going to be tough on you. She's always had to be both parents. Um, and also, you know, I'm nervous because I know my family isn't the conventional family unit. And Matt's like, well, I don't have that either. And we're still a perfect family. And... So don't even worry about that. And it was a nice, a nice moment. I thought that was a really nice moment. It was sweet. And it was also a, a nice moment for the Bachelor franchise in general, because you are usually seeing very heteronormative. Um, and there is yes. like this fetishization uh, on the show where like of um, family units that where there has been like no divorce or no separation of any kind. And yeah. so um, you could sort of feel that anxiety in what Brie was saying. And it was nice yes. for it to be like, no, this is actually the thing we like connect on. And yeah, a f- you had a full family. I have a full family. It, yeah. Remember, like there, there were always time. I mean, maybe it's happened recently, but like again, like when I was watching in like the 06 to like 2012 like never missed an episode was very invested there was always like somebody in the first couple of minutes of the show being like 
So my parents have been married for 45 years, and that's what I want. I want to be married for 45 years. No one in my family's ever gotten divorced. Divorce is really bad, and I don't like it. And like that was yeah, always like, like this a big... is proof. This is proof. Yeah, they've yeah. they have. I'll say moved away from that. Um, and thank bless. Yeah, thankfully in the last couple of years, especially having like Tasha as the lead who was divorced. Like there's just been kind of they've it's... they've stepped away from that obsession, which has been very nice. But guys, I just. I really want to talk about Bree's mom, Lauren, who I desperately want to be friends with, uh, in part because we are only a few years apart in age. This this episode (laughs) gave me a lot of mom feelings because, as I've discussed many times, my mom passed away when I was young. And the number of times, and also like when I was an adult, when I went through all of my relationship angst and stuff like that, I lived really far from my dad. Um, so the number of times that these parents are just like, we're going to go through this heartbreak together or like we picked up the pieces of you off the floor. I was like, do parents do that? Like my poor dad was like calling to check in. I was like, I'm fine. I'm great. Like when he hangs up, I'm going to go back to sobbing in a pile on the floor. There's no way for him to find out. You yeah. know, like my mom was clearly not around to talk me through this stuff. So when Bree's mom is just like hugging her and being like, We'll work through this future heartbreak that was together so as a sweet. team. Was oh my god, so sweet! I it made I mean, me fully tear up, and I just—you could tell that they have such a, a beautiful connection, and have clearly like they, to an extent, like Bree's mom had her so young that like they grew up together. Yeah, um, and and you could see that like very, very special connection, and it was just like really lovely, and I also just loved her mother's nose ring and yeah no her mom is so cool yeah and the baby's cute and other baby's real cute yeah yeah and i like that they're brie also brie and brie kind of resembled each other like they both have like sheets of long dark hair and like beautiful angelic faces and i was like these are just two very similar bries um (laughs) and i love that brie has that in her life um so if anyone out there is a claire who looks very similar to me <laughs> you're like i'm recruiting <laughs> i'm on the hunt um but it, no it's a beautiful i love just kind of like the matriarchal vibes of this you know mm-hmm. it's the mother it's the new baby it's like the the warmth between all the women and matt's just like cool like i'm here i'm like game for this and lauren does grill him a little bit um, but once she talks to Brie and Brie is like, I really, for the first time, feel like someone is seeing all of me. Lauren's like, it's not crazy. Like, sometimes you just have that connection and you got to be vulnerable and we'll go through this together. Um, so she seems like she's really guided by Brie's. Yeah, I also just this. I love that she said, like, OK, let's talk about the worst case scenario. Like, this is a thing that, that therapists will do with you. It's like I was going to okay, say the I worst case scenario. To do this kind of yeah, thing. exactly. <laughs> like the worst case scenario is. It sucks. And, yeah. And but then we survive. It sucks. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. we survive. And like that is such a a real true thing about heartbreak and especially mm-hmm. like going through your 20s and maybe having relationships that don't work out or having things that seem really promising and and those feelings aren't quite shared and like I just it felt to me like Lauren is like close enough to that herself that she like I don't know just felt like she really like recognized that feeling and um it was it was really beautiful 
I think there's there's a real I think in a lot of parents there's this real protector role where even at the slightest sort of indication that maybe your child isn't like feeling 100% comfortable or 100% certain their reaction be like just leave leave there's no problem in leaving like if you're not sure like you can go you can go but I really like that she was encouraging to be like stick it like let's just see like you're you've made it this far you're seeing how you feel you're getting some time with him your feelings are valid it also makes sense that you're not totally sure it also makes sense that you don't exactly know how he feels because you're on the show where he's dating other women and like yeah like exactly what's the worst that can happen okay then you call me and we'll go and I'm like wow she is like nursing a newborn and she's also ready to deal with her 25 year old's heartbreak uh she contains multitudes this that was the other thing I kept thinking about I was like oh my god this woman just had a baby right yeah like we are asking a lot of Bree's mother (laughs) honestly like when I was nursing a newborn I was doing literally nothing else and no one I had time for nothing I was like leave me alone you did not go to Nima Colin to me I did not (laughs) I don't understand like I mean even just like watching you go through the the newborn phase Claire like from afar I was like how does anyone do this and like also in a pandemic in In a a pandemic pandemic. I mean my god she's a hero I I adore her what if there's a spin and Matt just picks Bree's mom because I would be very into that and and then we'd get to see a polyamory situation yeah. with Bree's mom's current, yeah. and, like raising the baby, the baby. together, <laughs> yes. dealing with the complication of how a spinoff his ex show is her daughter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, I loved. I loved hard them. To fault him. I loved the whole thing. I loved all of Bree. Me too, and I agree with what you're saying. Like, there's it's so hard to see your kids go through something painful. And to have the strength to be like, I'll protect you by supporting you through the worst case scenario rather than telling you to just play it safe is yeah. like really important for your kids and, and really takes, I, I think must be really hard. Um, I look forward to having to do that one day. <laughs> um, and so they all say goodbye. Matt and Bree do their debrief. And she says, well, I am falling in love with you and I want more time. And Matt says, thank you for sharing that with me. I was like, oh, man, that's not a a good sign. It made me want to, like, cry. It made me really glad that Brie has a great support network in her friends and mother. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and finally, it's Serena P, who also has a great support network, uh, but will need it for different reasons. <laughs> so, Serena Matt, P needs, yeah, just needs her family there to be like, you, you don't like this guy. I, <laughs> but actually, first, but first, Canada, because yes, I first have we're going to <laughs> Nima some very Canada. strong feelings as a person who lived in Canada, um, has a lot of affection for it, and was appalled. By the display of alleged poutine that we saw on yes. this date. I mean, look, so, yeah, look, Serena's like, OK, Matt, they're not in Canada. I need to teach you about my culture as a, you know, Canadian. <laughs> this is a toque. And she, yeah, she's like, here's some lingo. They hu- they got some flags that like the dollar store from, or from like Amazon Prime were doing the work. The Nima Colon Kitchen attempted to make... <laughs> some delicacies with like the congealed gravy they had in the back. Um, I, 
just had feelings about the whole thing. Although I do, I do remember being like very tickled when I moved to Canada and was like, oh, they, they call beanies toques. That is cute. It is yeah. cute. And they say, eh? Eh? Or eh? 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 <laughs> um, that one Matt knows. And and there's 47 points on the Canadian maple leaf. <laughs> I, I was like, you're not that stupid. I know you're not I, that stupid. I loved his little bit where he was like, I'm going to close my eyes and not look at the 7,000 Canada <laughs> flags with maple leaves. Yes. I'm going to I'm going to count. Um, I do want to defend Matt's honor here a little bit. I didn't even know this, but apparently in parts of the South, toboggan is used to mean like a beanie. Wait, really? Yes. Okay, well, then they're all dumb because that's not, that's a sled. It's fair, I guess because you don't do much sledding down there. It's like, why would you even they just yeah, adapt winter words? They're like, wow, this other words. I, yeah, look, I'm learning new things. I, I had no idea. Um, <laughs> they want to use seasonal yeah. lingo, but they have to like wow. put it inside. Yeah. Other but look, I, I just encourage everyone, um, all Americans, when the borders are reopened to us and our hell nation, uh, to go to Canada and <laughs> seek refuge north. Yeah, try some poutine, try some Nanaimo bars. They are freaking delicious. You can also make those at home. Beaver tails, amazing. Like Canadian cuisine, A plus. Canada A+. rules. Socialized but you need, like healthcare. the good stuff. Yeah, and the the healthcare is really good. <laughs> yeah, healthcare is eat, great. Eat as much poutine as you want because if you get sick, you don't have to pay for it when you go. It's uh, yeah. Look, I, I got that that irresponsibility. Taste. I got yeah. that taste of the sweet, sweet uh, Canadian healthcare system, and it is wonderful. Um, yeah. Also, didn't go into massive debt going to university. So these are all just great things about our. And you call it university. North. Yeah, that is a thing I picked up because it's college. It's, it's not this. Yeah, it's just not. The, it's not the same. They follow more of like you have to differentiate when you're talking. about Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. In Canada. Did, did you guys even before the conversation that Serena P had with her family and um and later did I think she Matt, she wasn't into him? Well, did you? Yes. I just got like a real. Yeah. Well, obviously yes, but like even from that hometown date, like they couldn't even fake it. Like there was just a real fun friend vibe to it that like I really liked a lot. Like I actually thought it was like the most, the most connected I've seen him to a contestant. But like maybe not in the way that like the bachelor wants connection like I you know because there's no there, it, there was like an absence of lust and there was like an absence of but they were having a lot of fun together like they were like ribbing each other and they like kind of have a similar sense of humor and they feel comfortable together but you could tell right off the bat like oh these are two people who like probably will never have sex and this like this goes back to like at least last episode when Matt is like, I'm in the friend zone with Serena, but I'm really into her. And so I need to break out of it by doing tantric yoga. And with she's her. like, no, thank you. I decline. <laughs> yeah. I think if anything, that made it worse because it yeah. caused her to really confront the fact that she did not want to sit with her crotch next to his staring into his eyes. And now they're on a date where she can kind of just like goof around with him, which is definitely their more comfortable mode. And for me, it's hard to distinguish because like that was my best dating mode. Like if I looked like this on a date with a guy, I was like super into him. Yes. Like I don't have a steamy vibe, but um, I it's clear personally, that Serena actually I, isn't into him. I loved her energy and I was like jealous of it. Like I've said this before. I was like, she <laughs> comes off like 
just like so fun and cool and, cool. and chill. And yeah. I'm like, I have none of that. And yeah, but yeah, she she very clearly she was not into him. And I loved like they they went after playing hockey to sit with her family. And her sister is like basically immediately, you don't you're not into him. She was like, and I can tell Serena. Like, are we gonna say it? You don't like. <laughs> like also, Serena so... opens with like Matt checks lots of boxes on paper. I'm like, that's the kiss yeah. of death. Yeah, Talia's like, do you love him? And Serena says, he check on paper. He checks all of the boxes. I can we relate laugh a lot. to that. He's very affectionate. Like, I get that. Like, oh yeah. I mean, like, who among us? You know, like we have, like, there's always there. We've all dated someone who's amazingly good on paper, and you're trying to force. You're like. This ha- like of co- this is good. Like, what is wrong with me? This is good. Why don't I like this person? Like, everything about them is so good. But like, you know, the absence of wanting to do tantric yoga with somebody is sort of a red flag. If you don't want your crotches to Claire, be like you in said, the vicinity, yeah, yeah if you it's don't want them just like millimeters ever, apart. It's not going to happen. If you ever find yourself saying about someone you've been dating for like a month. On paper, yeah. he checks all the boxes. It's over. Like it's, it's over. already over. It's over. And it never began. And it never began. <laughs> it you never began. The only way I would know if I like someone's if I was if I was having like, you know, all the worst parts of me come out <laughs> when I'm not with that person. You know what I mean? Like the panic, the like oh, yeah. obsessing, the like reading into every G chat, the. The like not really doing my job because I'm like, well, like I'm in love now, so I don't really have to <laughs> yeah. do my job. <laughs> <Who needs a> job? <laughs> but and we've all dated someone who were like, yeah, they're fine. Like I don't hate yeah. them. They're like, you yeah, know? they seem when really I- like great. They are super nice to talk to, and like, I, I they're objectively like not a troll. Yeah, yeah. so I used to avoid. I used to avoid thinking about guys that I wasn't into, but I thought were nice. Like I'd have a good date and I'd agree to another one, but I just wouldn't want to think about them because yep. like it was uncomfortable to think about them. And yeah. when I started dating my husband, I would literally go to his Facebook page and click through every single. Photo. Oh yeah, like, like it was when you when I behavior. like someone, I get like creepy and obsessive a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> I read literally every single one of my husband's bylines within like three days. And like when he would like tell me about a story, I'd be like, I already read it. But OK, OK, OK. Yeah, You'd be like, oh, tell- <laughs> yeah, wow. Never heard yeah, of like, that oh, yeah, one. That sounds tell so interesting. I've definitely never Googled that. Um, <laughs> yeah, that no, that's true. And it sucks that we are all trained and maybe Serena P is similar to us in that like we're we're all like sort of like messed up from whatever whoever hurt us in high school and college to think like if a guy isn't like a danger to himself or others like then there's no then I should be dating him. you know what I mean you're like well he hasn't killed anyone I mean like <laughs> like well you know he's never been in jail so I guess I mean, what's wrong with me that I don't want to date? You know what I mean? Like, it's never just like, yeah, this person's vibe is like amazing. He's great. He's going to be so good for someone else. He's just not for me. Instead, we spend so much time being like, what's wrong with me that I don't like this non-murderer? Like, what? Yeah, you know? I've, been selected. I've been pre-selected to date a non-murderer. Yeah. <laughs> Who could turn down that offer? Yeah. Like, I get gosh. phone calls every day. Right. Instead every, of just yeah, being I get like, as oh. many phone calls about non-murderers to date me as Barry Weiss does about yeah. victims of cancel culture. Yeah. <laughs> And this completely shakes Serena that Talia is just like, it seems like something is missing. 
you're not smitten, you're missing the the it factor, and I'm worried that you're going to put both of you guys in a bad situation by, like, ignoring that, getting engaged, and then regretting it. Yeah. And the rest of the date is just Serena being like, I don't know, I'm in my head, I, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. There are references, again, to some past heartbreak that we never really heard about before, and we don't exactly know what right. happened. Again, these elusive sounded, sounded traumatic. heartbreak. Exactly. Would, have, would have loved to have that context. Probably would have made us understand Serena more. But hey, you know, guess we're asking for too much. Yeah, her mom is like, you were sure about someone in your last relationship, and you got badly hurt. And now you can't trust your feelings. And she's like, yeah, maybe. Um, And so at the end of the date, she sits with Matt and he is ready to hear I'm falling in love with you. And instead, she says that she's feeling doubts that come from inside. And (laughs) I kind of love deep doubts. Like she's clearly trying to say, like, it's not you. It's me. Yeah, but but the doubts always come from inside. (laughs) The the call is coming from inside the Serena P. Yeah, she she. Uh, yeah, I felt bad for him. Matt was really like wearing his heart on his sleeve for this. Mm. Yeah, you can tell that Matt. He's like, I haven't murdered I feel like anyone. Matt Serena. saw her as his. I feel like Matt saw her as his number two. Maybe I agree. Like, yeah, he thought she'd be here until the end. And he says, you know, don't worry about the limited time to figure this out. Just like be where you are. Trust me. And mm. she says, okay. And. The date ends, but Matt still has a lot to process. Thank God, Chris Harrison is here again. Can we skip like, so I don't, much with Chris uh, no. Harrison? Like, can you just just? I don't want to hear from him. I don't. Literally, I don't want to hear just, a single goddamn thing from this man. What I want is for them to recut that scene, put the baby on the couch, <laughs> then Serena P, and then dub in the baby voice. <laughs> And and then ha- keep Serena <laughs> chatting. I do I, every time Chris Harrison came into the frame, I literally groaned. Also, I didn't like his outfit, and there's that. But like he <laughs> was really annoying me. I think probably because of everything that happened. But also, I think I just find Chris Harrison to be grating after all of this time. And it's like when I'm yeah. if I'm going through like a big like relationship moment where I'm like listening to my inside feelings and I've just talked to my family. The last person I want to walk into the room to help me process this is Chris Harrison. <laughs> like I would be like pivot turn out of the room, Chris Harrison. I don't want to see well, you right now. It seemed like such a nothing scene with him and Matt that they could have honestly cut it. We like, yes, it. They, they, we didn't need it we, because the, basically they sit down and Matt's like, I'm I'm in a weird place with Serena C. I don't know where she's at. And Chris is like, do you want to fight for this relationship? And Matt is like, yes. And Chris is like, you should get some answers. Cut all of that. All you need is the next scene where Matt's in the car being like, something's off with Serena. I see a future with her. And like, I need to find out yeah, what's going we, on. That's all you need. They're like, we need to narrate with Chris Harrison this very obvious thing, but we need no narration for the entire backstories for why like half of these women are very scarred by general past heartbreaks that we will mm-hmm. tell you nothing about. Um, right. But yeah, Matt heads off to see Serena to talk it through. And she's just like chilling in a cute like sweatshirt and her hair is curly, her curly hair. and perfect oh and beautiful. So and she just seems like you you can tell from her face like she's preparing for a breakup. 
she keeps thinking about that tantric yoga moment over and over and being like, remember this girl you did not like, you did not want that. <laughs> like, that was not She's good. like, is he here to do more tantric yeah. yoga? <laughs> like, he's going to try it again <laughs> to make me stay and it's only going to make me run faster away from Nima Colon. Yeah, no, it was very clear that she, her mind was made up and I think unlike some of the other things we've seen, like, it wasn't a ploy to get him to say more or to be like, no, stay. Like, you know, some people try to dangle that carrot out a little bit and be like, how much do you really care? Like, I might threaten to go. But she was like, mind is made up. Like, I've got the SUV. Like, <laughs> Rachel's in the Batmobile. She's going to drive me down to the train <laughs> station and I'm I'm leaving. Um, She was ready. She was ready. I bet she yeah. didn't even want to do that scene. It seemed like she just wanted to leave a note and bounce. Like her I'm family sorry, like grounded her. Don't don't hate me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <He's- laughs> exactly. But it felt like her family grounded her in that way. Like yeah. she, yeah. Like she probably had a ton of doubts, and then here her, she, now she's like, you know, we're, we're in a pandemic. We're in Nima Colon. Like we're literally doing this like farce of a regular bachelor season where we actually go places and everything's been on this like compound. And here's my family, and they're like confirming that like I'm not being crazy or 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 overreacting or underreacting yeah, they, or whatever they and she just like her feelings back yeah. to her and and crystal and you can tell them. she just was like okay mm-hmm. like i'm gonna allow myself to turn off this switch and bounce and you could just see that vibe yeah. was so much different during that last conversation yeah like matt. matt you know matt brings it up and he kind of tries to give her reassurance and then she's like look i think it is important to have an honest conversation i've had doubts and she ultimately says like I don't think that you're my person, which is one of the yeah, most she like, honestly direct. goes so far. She goes so far as to say, like, you know, I thought it was fear. I thought I was scared of my feelings, but it's not that. It's that I it's don't that like you. <laughs> that I have no yeah. feelings for you. Because those are things, yeah. You like, get it's very them blunt. confused. Again, it is because he's blunt. not a murderer. So you really don't <laughs> know what you're thinking because you're like, well, he's not bad. So I don't know what to do with that. I don't know. I love her. I like really hope she. I think good swiftly... things are uh, good things are coming for her. I want to see I her. I also in thought this was like an incredibly human moment uh, from Matt. The response, like it's the kind of thing that I feel like I'm much more used to seeing women on this show experience. Like he just yes. looks really stricken and sad, and he's like it sucks. I want what's best for you. And like, if I can't make you happy, then that stinks. Yeah. And he looks so sad. He looks so sad. He, he look looks very, like there were that. some moments. Matt is just one of those people who often just like, doesn't convey what he's feeling very much through his eyes or face. So there are these moments when he's in passionate <laughs> moments when it's like, why is he kissing this person with blank eyes open? <laughs> this was the breakup version of that. Like there's just like, a blank mask over his yes. eyes, but you can tell that he's like feeling something very that he's processing on a level that is behind that. That's right. And he's processing something very painful. Yes. Like it's he's very, very hurt. He um, basically gets like a, a limo exit. They like forced him to have a limo exit on his own season. Like he gets into the car. He's doing the interview. He's like, crying like. They were like, Matt, you're not getting away with this just because you didn't go on The Bachelorette. Like, you will mm-hmm. have your crying exit. Yeah, they fully did a role, re- role reversal on him. And he tries to, like, kind of perk up for Serena and, like, make a joke. Like, oh, you're going to walk me out. Uh, 
And then when he's in the limo, he cries and is like, you know, my instinct was to run from the tough conversation, but that's not how things get resolved. Right. And now he has to remain open to the other women. And there at the rose ceremony, uh, whispering to each other, they realize Serena isn't coming. Yeah, they're like, and is, then, she coming? is she coming? Is she coming? Is she, is she coming? coming? Is she coming? Peas and carrots, peas and carrots, peas and carrots. It was, ve- it was very theatrical, that moment. They also all looked stunning. Bree's uh, dress. Loved Bree's dress. Oh, my like, God. Thank Bree's you. Dress. High neck, oh, turtleneck, open back, it. like black, chic, uh, obsessed, obsessed. It, that would have been one of the dresses that if I walked in wearing what I would assume I would wear for like a bachelor ball gown moment, I'd be like, She's so cool. And I look like an idiot. You know what I mean? Like, like she looked chic as hell. And like to pull off a turtleneck dress like that, it's not as easy as it looks no. uh, in my experience. No, um, can't do it. So Matt finally comes in. I'm going to skip over his another debrief with Chris Harrison. Dear God, cut these, please. And Matt joins them and confirms that Serena won't be there because she couldn't see herself as his wife. And so he's like, please uh, think about not doing that to me. Like, really? Any of you, I need to make sure all of you want to be my wife before I let two of you down. Thank you so much. Thanks for coming. Yes, thank you. (laughs) And so he offers them all the roses and they all accept and that brings an end to the hometown episode. But we do get a preview of some very disturbing scenes in the future of mm. Matt going through some shit with only Chris Harrison's comforting hands <laughs> to hold and guide him. Maybe they and should do a tantric feel... moment. <laughs> Never to, to make Matt go through tantric yoga with Chris <laughs> Harrison would truly be like the a trauma. A, do not inject yeah. that trauma on trauma. James. Um. Yeah, any final thoughts on hometowns before before we bring this to an end? It's crazy that they're all from Nima Colon, I will say that. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's like um it's No, I I loved this episode. I did too. I thought it was, I thought it great. was actually one of the best of the season. Like no yes. one was there was no bullying. Um and the the families were for the most part like just absolutely lovely and supportive and I think it's going to be, look, I think it's going to be a tough rest of the season to watch. And so I felt like this was like a a bit of like respite from mm-hmm. a kind of shitty season. And we got to like see Matt's personality a little more and some of these women's personality. And, you know, I just felt uh, like I don't, the calm I don't before know. the storm. Yeah. A little. So Caroline, thank you so much for joining thank us. You. Thank you. This is. I'm jealous of your jobs. This is how I want to spend my time too. Um, great. I hope. I hope. I hope the the rest of the season brings us all what we want out of life. I hope so too, and I hope that we can do this again soon. Thanks for having me. It's time for feminism fails, and we just have one this week that we wanted to call out. Um, a pretty pleasant episode overall, but as it's hometowns week, of course, we had to have a discussion of whether the man should ask for the lady's hand in marriage from her from father. her father from, from her, her father. father. Of and- course, of course, it's a great like a time honored tradition of the Bachelor. We thought we were maybe just gonna like zoom right past that, but no, no. Um, you know, on Rachel's date, there was kind of an outsized focus on like that 
being uh, an indication of Matt's seriousness and commitment. And um, we just want to call that out like we have before and saying that like that speaks to a pretty retro patriarchal view of of what marriage is and um, speaks to this like idea that women sort of pass from being their father's property to their husband's and we don't love it. So, you know, we're going to give that a three. And that's it for Here to Make Friends. Thanks to our guests, Caroline Moss and Aaron Evans, and our producers, Nick Offenberg and Sarah Patterson. Give us a follow on Facebook and Instagram at Here to Make Friends Pod. And you can follow us individually on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Claire E. Fallon. And I'm at Emma Lady Rose. We'll be back next week to recap the Women Tell All episode of Matt James' season of The Bachelor. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.